RCR with Paul Brennan, Reality Check Radio. Have you heard about this? Wellington City Council is implementing a traffic counting sensor network to collect data on various road users' counts, um, paths of travel, travel speeds, including cars, trucks, bicycles, scooters, buses, and you, pedestrians. The network will provide continuous 24-7 monitoring throughout the year, help the council assess how people move through the city, hmm, use cycleways, engage the real-time impact, real-time, of transport network changes. And so it goes on. Jaspreet Boparai from the Greenwash program joins me to talk about this because Jaspreet has been in the weeds on this. She is the person to talk to. Okay, Jaspreet, welcome to RCR Breakfast. Hi, Paul. By the way, I'm a great fan of your show. Just need to say that. All right. So what's going on here? This sounds like, um, you know, prying for information, sort of spying on people ultimately. Yeah, it does, doesn't it? It is micromanagement of our lives, our movements, as we have never seen before. And uh, going by what we are seeing, the amount of microanalysis that councils and governments seem to be doing, I, I have my reservations about where, which way this is heading. Yeah, um, I wonder if any of it's necessary, unless you have a very well-thought-out concept of how you want people to behave. So we we do have councils, uh, Paul, that have behavioral change units. Your council, Wellington, is one of them. I believe you have uh, nine, 9.25 FTEs, full-time employees in your behavioral change unit, or at least so cites a report of uh, the Let's Get Wellington Moving project. So there are people, nudge units in the background. Nudge units. Oh, dear. (laughs) Okay, so um, also I understand that um, the Wellington City Council won some sort of award, which first prize, not too bad, a million dollars, which has gone to them. Are they? Do we do we know that if they're using that money to do this operation? One one doesn't really know. I know the award that they got from the Bloomberg Cities Network. Your that time mayor Andy Foster he said that this award recognizes on a global scale our commitment to addressing climate change, and uh, it's going to be empowered by innovation and technology. You look at that, and you look at the amount of this award, one million. And Don and I often talk about follow the money, coming from the Bloomberg Cities Network, followed by are local government officials heading off to a Bloomberg City's city leadership program this year? It uh, One would think there's conflicts of interest there. Well, how, how can you be awarded that money if you haven't a- a- actually even done anything? And, I mean, how can you be innovative when you haven't done any innovation? Have you, have you looked into the detail, uh, Paul, about the Let's Get Wellington Moving Project? And the only, amount of detail super, that's there. Only superficially in as much as how it affects retailers, et cetera. But that's why you're here, <laughs> Jaspreet. So let, let's go for a little bit of a, a dive, shall we? Sure. Let's let's go. Where do you want to start? Well, let's look at the background case that they made for the Let's Get Wellington Moving project. And that was no small uh, report. It was 177 odd pages created uh, by one of uh, the world's largest consultants, actually. 
WSP. It's a Canadian company listed on the Oh, Toronto Canada. Park. Canada. Yep. Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Carry on. So WSP took over Opus in New Zealand. And today it's uh, virtually working any big infrastructure project. Uh, usually the two names I see are AECOM. That's an American firm. I believe third or fourth largest engineering company in the world and WSP. So WSP created this uh, big case study about how the Let's Get Wellington Moving project would be, you know, in in the way I look at it, the case study about how to get social acceptance from people. And 177 odd pages. And they are talking about, you know, different packages, packages A, B, C, D, E, over 10 years about how to get people out of their cars, how to have pop-ups for getting e-bikes maintenance, uh, you know, into yep. people's uh, line of thought and all of that. This level of social engineering for a city, which is, you know, they call it the smallest capital, coolest capital of the world. I lost a cool thing a while back, Jazz Breed. Let's be clear on that. It's not cool anymore. <laughs> and I can say that as a Wellingtonian, I know. I'll take your word for it. Yeah. Sorry, carry on. But but that level of uh, social engineering is, is beyond anything I have ever seen. In one of the scenarios, the scenario E that they talk of, they're actually talking of something like 80 million over the next 10 years in a package that's going to be used to get people out of their cars, how they're going to partner with schools, how they're going to partner with employers. But on partnering with schools means brainwashing the children, just like they did with smoking, so they go home and tell the parents they got to do a certain thing. They actually say that. They said if you get them in schools, they're more likely to, in universities, go and use e-bikes and so on. And, you know, let's be clear, I have absolutely no problem I am a greenie myself, though most people would actually not think that. I've been yeah. a, as far as possible, you know, low use, low footprint, less consumption. My kids have been clot type with the works. But it seems it is a, more a case of virtue signaling than anything else. So they talk of partnering with schools, partnering with employers, doing away with the, you know, one-off long-term parking uh, fees and getting people to shell out money on a daily basis so it's a daily reminder there of what right. is to do so it's all it's all nudge 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 it's it's that nudge unit stuff yeah and the other thing that caught my attention in this report that's created by WSP is how often they refer to uh you know global uh, similar scenarios at different places so the Kansas net zero the bay area rapid transit case study how e-bikes are being used in New York and so on. And it is it is but inevitable when you have global firms all following the same agenda, you know, across all the countries. And we're part of it. So so the tentacles go far and wide. I know that you probably don't want to name names, but there are um, council officers in our council who have been part of these groups for decades, right? I mean, this is not new, these associations. It turns no. out are not new. No, no. We have, uh, you know, within our uh, local government, we have organizations like uh, ICLE. So that's the International Council for Local Environment Initiatives. We have people who go to ICMA uh, junkets. So that's the International 
County and Council Managers Association. So it almost seems like they don't like diversity folk. It has to be diversity of thought or opinion as far as I'm concerned. But that seems to have been stripped out and it's peas in a pod, cities across the globe, all following the same agenda, regardless of whether it suits their you know, demographics, their topography and so on. And that's what's so worrying. This 177-page analysis of what by all accounts, Wellington is not a big city, you know. I, I come no. from just near New Delhi. This is a small, small yeah. city. This is like a, yeah, a couple of blocks. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes, to have this level of analysis there. It's so so th do you think there's a certain amount of copy and paste from some of the other studies here um, that we're seeing here sort of just sort of tweaked to, to, to look local? Or is this some sort of over-analysis? Because it is. It's a massive over-analysis for somewhere the size of, of the city, Wellington uh, City. I'm going to read out a bit verbatim from one of these packages, Paul. Package tree. Package tree was influence, mode shift, and culture chain through additional investment and interventions that will influence travel to schools, organizations, works, etc. Program to schools will include all the larger schools, primary, intermediary, and college in the eastern, western, southern suburbs. Must include the five primary schools. And they say if a child learns to travel back to in sustainable modes, they're more likely to continue. And I agree, some habits set in childhood. But look, we used to ride to school on bikes when I was a kid. There's nothing yeah. new in this. I have a friend here who lives not far from me, Ojai. That's a tiny coal town. And the other day, you know, this whole uh, arguments we were having about 15-minute cities. She says, Chashpreet, Ojai, 1970, was a 15-minute city. I had a butcher. I had a greengrocer. Exactly. I had a school. I had a pharmacy. Yeah. She says, they stripped all of that from us. We are now left with the shell of a town. And now I need to make a trip to Invercargy for all of that. And suddenly I'm an environmental wandle. That is an incredibly good point. We used to have exactly that. My yeah. golly. I mean, I would like to believe that all of us would prefer to live in a place of our own accord without any of these nudges where it would suit us, where our lives would be convenient. It is this deliberate push along with using, I mean, wasteful public expenditure. That's what I would say. This is taxpayer dollars. Absolutely. Going down the gurgler here. So you mentioned you mentioned eighty one. I think that is the most expensive of the options, but they're all yeah. in the multiple eighty one million dollars over. over what was it over years. ten years? Ten years. Okay, so eight point whatever uh, million a year, and that's not even to do anything physical. It seems. No, no. So what? So this is, is just is an employment program for people who would normally wouldn't get jobs. You know, at one time, Paul, I used to say. Uh, I used to actually echo Don Nicholson used to say that the ETS is the biggest job scheme ever created. Yeah. I'm beginning to think these multimodal transport packages, they are some of the biggest job schemes ever created. 81 million over 10 years. How many people is going is that going to keep in jobs? How many of them? Just look at this sub so package. A certain amount is going to go package C over policy, established governance groups working Wellington region-wide on policy development, partnerships with existing partners, transport authorities and all, then incentives for employers, parking management software, 26 additional workplace travel plans, 40 additional schools reaching 32,000 students over the region, four community travel plans, nine event travel plans. This is like, you know, I'm going to bus you to Open Ball Stadium. This is what you're going to do. 
we are grown adults here. Honestly, if the government can't manage my roading rubbish rights, they have no business looking after my well-being. I'm a grown-ass woman. I can do it for myself. Damon, I wouldn't trust them anyway. Um, what what about the, I mean, just even the, the basic ethics of being observed all the time. We're not freaking lab, lab rats here. You know, we're not there to be perved at by an army of people as we walk down the street or engage in our everyday business. I, I have an, a certain expectation of anonymity in, in, and okay, there'll be incidental stuff. And I get there are CCTV cameras everywhere, but this is a network set up to analyze even the way people walk. If you think. believe what the, the description. Yeah. And again, this one is uh, you have uh, a doing this. The Bavacity labs have got the contract, it seems. And they are doing smart uh, monitoring, smart traffic monitoring uh, in parts of UK, Australia already. Granted, for now, they say that uh, their data is not individually identifying people. What it is doing is really? just giving a picture. Yep, for now, that's <laughs> yeah, what it well, is. Well, I mean, they can say that. They can yeah, so easily but, say that. But what's to say you can't add that level of uh, detail? At any point of it'd be choosing. it'd be preloaded. I'm telling you, it's preloaded. You're more cynical than I am, Paul. I thought I was the worst here. Well, no. Why would you buy something that's? I mean, all this technology is available now. Why would you? Um, unless you could clip the ticket, replacing it all, you know, again, and there's some monetary incentive in yeah. that. And we, uh, I mean, if I wanted that, I'd be living in China, not here in the you know backwaters of rural Southland. So what's okay? So what's the ultimate? What what's the end state of this? Do you think then? Nudge, nudge, nudge. We're on the way to somewhere. We've persuaded the kids to persuade their parents. You can't have your car anymore. There's nowhere to park it. Um, people are sort of like uh, rolling their eyes as you drive down the road because you shouldn't be doing that, even though it's your perfectly reasonable, free choice to decide whatever mode of transport you want to take. Um, what is the end game? Do you think? Control, Paul. It yep. is, it's it's always about control. We've seen this over the last few years. I mean, some of us have seen this for a longer time, but over this uh, the COVID hysteria, we've seen it. The level of control and then the level of compliance that follows. This is all about that. To say that at this point, we have 40% of a 16-year-olds in New Zealand who pass out without having basic reading, writing skills, yes. and to deem that this is necessary. We are in a country where it, the we have virtually no health system to speak of. I have often spoken about my daughter this year needing 48 hours in the ED this January to have a broken arm looked into. And we 48 think, hours? 48 hours in Southland Q Hospital to get a doctor to see her. I, I couldn't fault the doctors once they came, double-checked. Yeah got another x-ray done and all of this. But that was that was 48 hours for a seven-year-old waiting with a broken arm. And we decide that this is good money spent. Seven and a half billion for Let's Get Wellington moving and then 81 million if they choose package E for these nudge units to go along. This is a level of control. It's like, they're, say, on a, it's like they're on a different planet, Jasper. They're like literally on another planet. They're on some sort of ego part trip, uh, Paul. It makes no sense. And the numbers don't make sense. It is ultimately going to need an economic reality check, yeah, which we are not far from uh, getting to. Though we've, se we've seen 
It's not so much about the big ticket item because it, it, they end up not spending that. It's all the ticket clipping along the way. If you look at Auckland Light Rail, I think more than 50 million spent just talking about it. Who cares if we'd never have it? We've already made the money. Yeah, yeah. And it, it's not just that. You know, council's website's talking about what Don and I refer to the, as a die initiatives, D. I.e., the diversity, inclusion, uh, and all of that equity initiatives. You have council websites now talking about those, what they are doing, what they are providing. They talk about uh, cultural bias, uh, unconscious cultural bias training, and all of that. That's a social engineering on a scale that local government should have backed off completely. It's pipes, it's swimming pools, it's mowing the lawn at the local park. It's that sort of thing, right? Absolutely. And it's listening to what your rate payers want you to do. You're in a really unique position for me to ask this question. Is there a demand from rate payers that you've sensed in your area, you know, calling for all of this? We need this. We need transport analysis. We need, you know, nudge units. We need, we need unconscious bias training. Is there you know, a groundswell of calling for that? I monitor the local uh, Facebook pages in the area where I have been elected, Paul, and this is one of the lowest uh, socioeconomic area, this particular ward. And I just saw about half an hour ago somebody talking about the fact that can we organize a carpool because, oh, hi, this particular area is, uh, you know, it used to be once used to be a boom town on coal and back of coal mining. And this person talking about, can you organize a carpool once a week to go to Invercargill for groceries? Things are getting really expensive. Wow. This is this is what people are struggling. And that's why I don't even find this wasteful. It is criminal. Yeah. Yeah, it's a complete misappropriation of resources to to benefit just a few, just a few. Here's a nutty scenario. Um, if you can persuade Okay, seven billion is talked about there, and I kind of went on about maybe they'll never want to spend that money. But there's the other way of looking at it: if you can encourage people or councils into taking that debt, you've got them. You yep. own. Yep. Yeah, that that is it. You are ultimately tied into the sort of mind-boggling debt that there's no way out. And then there'll be, again, so it's that whole uh, dialectic of problem, reaction, solution. And we are providing solutions to problems that don't exist and creating tangible problems during that process. Seeing where we are as a country right now, economically, the social cohesion-wise and all of this, this is the last thing we need, the sort of social engineering, this level of micromanagement. And I think some of the people who are behind this should be ashamed of themselves. I spoke to a Dunedin councillor a while back. He pointed out that uh, the debt for Dunedin City Council was approaching a billion but projected to go over that in the next uh, uh, period of time. And that the interest on that was a million a week with 17,000 ratepayers. At some point, you hit the wall. When the debt is called in, what happens? Exactly. What happens? Who who bears the brunt of this? There are people. And who, owns, who ends up owning what? I know. It's not, not a very pretty picture. 
not a very pretty anyway. picture, Paul. But meanwhile, we have councils doing all the sort of virtue signaling, deciding that, you know, diversity and inclusion agendas and having, they call them courageous conversations about race and learning is what is needed creating a new South Pacific institution. Why, why would you call it courageous conversations if it, you, you must think that this is an awkward thing that people don't want to hear about? <laughs> <laughs> so you already know that there's not the buy-in's not quite there, right? Yeah, yeah, you already know it. It is the whole, uh, it's virtue signaling beyond anything. I often feel even that term falls short of what we are seeing right now. And the council getting involved, you know, with branding and so on and so forth in their corporate look with these kind of organizations too. I don't recall hearing, you know, um, groundswell of ratepayers calling for that. No, no. So you have employee-led networks within local government, climate action champions, Kamahi Maori, queer at council, Women's network, young professionals. A bunch. Why don't, could you could you just go back down a bit? The queer thing, uh, an awesome bunch of quirky queers. Well, okay. Does, how does that help getting the pipes connected? And I mean, I honestly don't care about what you do in your bedroom. When you Same. Go to work. You bring your brain to work, and that's it. But there's this whole push about bringing your authentic self to work. Well, my authentic self to work is is me, who's doing her best for the people who she represents. And that is about it. I, you know, all of these demographics that they want to split us into. Women's Network, a community that meets to mentor, support and celebrate people who identify as women. <laughs> hey, if you're a woman, well, just line up with the others who identify as you. All right. Okay. Yeah. All of this. At one time, I would think we're not part of council business, or if it, they were, they were informal, you know, groups. And I think one tends to find one's tribe, don't they? Most of us. Of course, you it. do. You don't need these people's help. Precisely. In fact, they're forcing it. They're a forcing function, actually. They are. Menopause they are. support group. Well, that's nice of them. Can men <laughs> join that? Probably. Yeah, if you identify. Yeah. 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 Um, I hope I can take something for that. All right. It's it's kind of getting to a crazy. I mean, we know that, but it's getting to a crazy level, really. In fact, it's sort of a, a bit of a cringe to see all this. Yeah, but I think the overwhelming message I would like to people to take on is the fact that what we think is local is actually global. You have global consultants. You have these global awards global institutes like ICLE and ICMA, all of these, and you have your local government or even MPs who are part of all of this. And then that's when you have, in your case study in Wellington, you'll have a Bay Area or a, or a Kansas net zero plan because that's it. One for all, all for yeah. one. Yeah. And the the consulting, for the global consulting firms, this is cookie cutter business for them. Absolutely. You only have to create one 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 hundred and seventy page document. It's <laughs> just tweak it for every place and charge accordingly, right? Exactly. That is that's it. You are just seamlessly keep moving across countries. You'll have the same professionals who maybe did something similar in California, move to Europe, move to Australia, move to New Zealand, move to India. You know the same thing, and that's why we 
we keep going back to the same institutions, World Economic Forum, United Nations, all of those, all roads lead to Rome. And you stroke the egos of the locals, like in our case, the mayor who won that award, that stroked her ego. Uh, the the acolytes think, wow, she's amazing. Look what she's done. But that's, I mean, of course you would do that. that that's how you would massage it from above. Totally, totally. And then you have these cities like uh, institutions like the Bloomberg Center for Cities, Bloomberg, Michael Bloomberg, the ex-mayor of New York, big part of the United Nations and a contributor to the World Economic Forum regular agenda documents. When these guys are setting up these sustainable cities, that's all these metrics are actually being provided for this lot, for the level of control that we are completely unaware of is heading our way. Yeah. The local and local government and in na- and national government is kind of those words are being effectively Redundant. at the moment. Redundant and removed and redundant, yeah. Surgically removed. Okay, wow, all right. Um, Is there anything more that we need to sort of uh, kind of know about this before we sort of all agree that (laughs) that we don't like it? (laughs) I think we can say we don't like it right now, Paul. Yeah, okay. Jaspreet, thanks for coming on and explaining that. No problem. Pleasure, Paul. RCR with Paul Brennan. Reality Check Radio.